Welcome to the Intentional Leaders Podcast with Cindy Wetland. This is episode 69, Knowledge is Power. Hi, I'm Cindy, an educator, certified coach, and passionate learner on all things leadership related. It seems like just yesterday I was fresh out of grad school, wanting to make my way in the world, longing to make a difference to people, to team, to the business. Little did I know how challenging it would be. Fast forward several decades later, I've made a career of leading while teaching and coaching thousands of leaders to be at their best, most effective selves. Along this journey, I've captured so many insights, lessons, and techniques on how leaders become amazing, and also as leaders, when we get it wrong. I'll share them all right here because I founded Intentional Leaders to provide easy access to these kinds of lessons and equally important to help you build the presence, confidence, and credibility you need to be the leader that everybody wants to work for. Because I know leadership has its challenges, but learning to lead shouldn't be one of them. So last week in the episode, Understand Your Superpower, we talked about power. And if you're a leader, you already have power. And if you're an aspiring leader or an informal leader, you need it. And power is just about influence and it's about getting results, getting stuff done. So last week, what we took a look at is the French and Raven power bases. And there were different power bases based on your position and having formal or informal power. So here's just a quick refresher, or if you didn't get to listen to the last episode, here's a quick overview. Positional and formal power, there are three. Legitimate means you have a title and a role that includes power. Reward power means you can dole out reinforcements and rewards. And coercive power means you can hold people accountable. Those typically go together and they're formal power that is given to us to get results. There's also the personal or informal power. These are the power bases that allow us to influence without necessarily a title. Expert power, which is the one we're going to talk about today. Reverent power, meaning I want to follow you because you have interpersonal effectiveness and charisma. Informational power, meaning you have access to and are able to assimilate information in a meaningful way. And connection power, that was the bonus one, (laughs) that was about your network and being able to connect people together. So this week, we're going to focus on expert power. And I titled this podcast, Knowledge is Power. And then I thought, like, who said that? And apparently, Sir Francis Bacon, who was an English philosopher and scientist, that quote is attributed to him. But expert power is important for a lot of different reasons. Think about your brand and credibility within your organization or whatever your role is, and expert power helps you with that. It also strengthens your ability to solve problems and make great decisions, not just at work, but in life. Expert power does give you influence, and it does allow you to get better results. 
Expert power is a lifelong commitment to knowledge or deepening subject matter expertise. Having a focus on, and I think being a good role model for a growth mindset is also really important. And if you don't know what a growth mindset is, check out episode four of this podcast series where we talk about what is the difference between a fixed and growth mindset. But definitely, if you have expert power, you want to lean into growing that on purpose. Gaining power through knowledge and expertise, I think looks a little different than it used to. Because years ago, a person could focus on one deep area of knowledge and be very influential. I think today it's also about serial learning. And I don't mean like special K or Fruit Loops. I'm talking about not just being deep in one area, but potentially more than one area over your career. I saw this referenced as kind of a a T-shaped profile. If you think about the top part of the T, there was general competencies and the broad knowledge base that you have. And then the one long T shape was a deep area of expertise. So it was shaped like a T. General competencies and broad knowledge that you have at the top and then go deep into one area. Maybe it's technology, maybe it's accounting, maybe it's leadership, whatever it was. But the article went on to stress the importance of thinking about M-shaped instead. And this is kind of a weird M, but, but the idea is you still have that broad knowledge base across the top. But rather than having one deep area of expertise, many people throughout their career have multiple areas of expertise that they go deep into. They referenced that it looked more like an M. The more subject matter expertise that you develop over the lifetime of your career, of course, creates your overall brand. I think about myself many years ago, 30 years ago, and I started out uh, learning and design design and business development. That was my deep area of knowledge. And I dedicated many years to learning about learning design and business development. Over time, I added another depth of knowledge in performance and organizational development and consulting. And that became a whole nother deep area of subject matter knowledge. And then I expanded my knowledge and deepened it in leadership and interpersonal effectiveness. So when I look at my am over the decades of my career, moving from learning development and business development, and then adding performance and organizational development, and then adding leadership and interpersonal effectiveness to the mix. So my M looks very different over my career. You probably have something like that too, depending on how long you've been working or in the business world. Think about what is your expert power because that contributes to the building of your brand. And after all, if you're not in a position to leverage all that knowledge, where is the return on your investment? And chances are you have something unique to share. And I really want you to think about what that is today. And of course, my disclaimer in the use of this power is it can be used for good or evil. And I have seen people or teams or organizations 
literally be held hostage by the abuse of expert power, meaning that an individual actually created some damaging consequences to the team or organization because of their action or inaction with their knowledge base. Whether this was the hoarding of knowledge, and you might know some people who hold tightly onto their knowledge, they don't want to share it for whatever reason, or maybe a refusal to mentor others and share that knowledge with others, maybe because they didn't want to mentor or to have that type of relationship with others. But either way, the power wasn't used as effectively as it can be. I know that's not you or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast series probably, but here are five ways to use expert power constructively and how to create your brand around it. Number one is establishing your unique combination of knowledge and skills. Consider what makes you valuable to your role and team and organization. So for example, when you think of experts in your field, what is their combination of genius? Because chances are the subject matter knowledge is one thing, but they probably complement it with other strengths. And if you were to, for example, write down 10 areas of your strengths and then consider the combination of factors that allow you to uniquely contribute to your team and organization in a way that is both powerful and impactful is really helpful to know and understand. I'll share an example. I'll take myself because it's easy to do that. I consider myself a leadership and a learning expert. Because I've worked in large organizations, small ones, profit and nonprofit, I also know how learning and leadership can be thoughtfully and successfully executed across a multitude of organizations. I have seen learning and leadership succeed and fail many times. I understand why it's worked or why it hasn't. I am also passionate and energetic and committed to my client's success. I like to know what's important to them, and then it becomes, by extension, what's important to me. I'm a great partner because of this combination of items. Yes, my leadership and learning expertise, also my knowledge and experience in a variety of organizations, and my set of competencies that are the how I want to use my knowledge and expertise. For those three reasons, I'm a great partner. Knowing this is powerful, and this is part of my brand. So if you go through that activity, what is your unique combination of knowledge and skills? That's number one. Number two is a duh, like never stop learning and focus on continuous knowledge. We always can find something to learn. And what's really awesome about the times we live in is there are never more ways to learn. Yes, there are many traditional methods and on-the-job methods, but even connecting with people is easier than it has ever been. Common sense, not always common practice. You have to also look at what your preferences are for how you learn And what could you add that might help you see the world through a different lens? You need to own your growth. I remember being somewhat timid and asking to attend learning conferences, especially those that I deemed too expensive. (laughs) I don't know what that means, but at the time, of course, because I was raised to be quite frugal, I made that decision and I was timid to ask for some of that learning. Do your research, but don't just ask. Tell whoever you need to, your manager, others, the value that will be gained 
based on that learning experience. I think it is our role to help others understand how the learning will be relevant and applicable either now or in the future. Help them to see the contributions you'll make based on the investment. That is part of your job. Number three in using expert power is to be an excellent troubleshooter. Use your knowledge and expertise to solve problems. Be at the ready when called on to use your unique set of skills and to leverage your knowledge. Make sure you know the problem clearly before weighing in on a solution. Highlight not just your knowledge, but also your cognitive abilities to troubleshoot effectively. Meaning, understand the gap between what is and what your stakeholder needs, and then provide sound, logical, and meaningful input towards a solution, which ties to number four in our tips for using your expert power, which is be aware of your biases and be transparent with your opinions and assumptions. Okay, this one is so, so important. So here's an example of this. I was able to take several leadership classes in the last few months. This isn't an area that I would necessarily seek out, but I was offered an opportunity to audit some classes. I would tend to seek out right now in my career things that I don't know how to do. Plus, of course, I'm biased in leadership and what is being taught. Um, so there's that. So I have biases about learning design. I have biases about facilitation and content, both the concepts, but the, also the way that they're shared. So when I take a leadership or management class, my head literally spins, my brain spins. What I have to do is be really cognizant of checking my experience at the door. I need to open myself up to exploring new options and alternative practices and many opinions about leadership or management that may not align with mine, which is okay. It is important that I revisit my beliefs and my knowledge and continue to add to it and also to shift and evolve it. Part of learning to deepen our subject matter knowledge is to discover openly and honestly what we still have yet to learn. And when I go into any opportunity like this with that kind of open-mindedness and a growth mindset, I will always find something new to learn. And then number five, be an active mentor and coach while staying humble and kind, because it is a little scary to share your expertise, isn't it? Putting you in the position of potential irrelevance. You know what? That is not going to happen because this is about your collective brand and something that you bring to the table beyond the knowledge. It is the way you share it. It's how you encourage others to learn and grow. And it is about having the patience to mentor, which not everybody has. It's about coaching with kindness and humility and building the confidence and competence of those around you. Being a mentor and a coach is a privilege, and those with deep subject matter expertise know and treat it as such. The five tips to use expert power constructively is one, establish your unique combination of knowledge and skills. Number two, never stop learning and focus on continuous knowledge. Number three, be an excellent troubleshooter. Number four, be aware of your biases and be transparent with your opinions and assumptions. And number five, actively mentor and coach while staying humble and kind. 
Leadership is all about getting results. And to get results, you're going to have to influence others. Using expert power is a fantastic platform for leadership when executed thoughtfully and intentionally. Keep these five tips in mind and you be the one that not everybody only turns to, but actually wants to seek out for your guidance, your wisdom, and your support. Thank you for listening today and check out our brand new website and public offerings of Leadership Workshops Monthly at www.intentionalleaders.com.